Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips presented by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Derek. I've got Carter, Scotty, and uh, Caleb here with me. We're going to be covering uh, some tips for after the kill. So uh, what do you got, Carter? Yeah, man, starting with the guy who didn't come prepared and didn't have anything off the top of his head. So uh, first thing to come to mind here is probably redundancy um, in your pack and on your person. Um, I think Scotty's going to be talking about um, what to do after after you make that kill uh, immediately after. Um, but really, after you you know hopefully do put an animal on the ground um, and get up to it, um, especially someone like me who loses, I lose everything I touch twice. Um, so it's having a little bit of redundancy in your, not only in your pack, but on your person. Um, and what I'm talking about specifically, uh, for, you know, after the kill, um, you need to have a knife and a backup knife. And if you're me, you need to have like a backup, backup knife. Um, so having that redundancy for after you get an animal down is going to be really, really important. Um, especially cause you know, things get hectic. Um, after you make a shot, after you get an animal down, it may not be in the most ideal situation. It may not be the picturesque backdrop that we always plan for. It may be dark. It may be snowing. It may be raining. Um, it may not be perfectly ideal situations. So knowing where your knife is and then when your back, where your backup is as well, is going to be really important. And that applies to more than just having a knife that can apply to a headlamp as well. Having a backup headlamp, especially if you're hunting in the evening. Um, and then, you know, everything that you're going to use tool wise, uh, after you get an animal down. Cool. Good tip. Well, since you just fucked Scott, um, let's go with Scott. <laughs> right on guys. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here with, with the crew and, um, yeah, uh, after the hunt, probably the biggest part of the hunt, everybody says, you know, once you get an animal on the ground, it's like, that's when the real work starts. Um, but yeah, Carter's right. You know, keeping your gear together is super important. Um, it's just so easy to just end up with gear all over the place and people are dropping their knives and putting their rifle in the corner in a bush and taking, dropping layers and packs over here and Hey, hold this. And, um, I, situation happened to me this year. We were up on the Hill and we, um, we shot a big bull up there and, you know, and just the rush of everything and the excitement, you know, I took my bino harness off for just getting ready and getting set up. I handed it off and, um, you know, uh, you kind of get tunnel vision and you go through all of the, all of the, all the, your checklist, you know, from gutting to, you know, everything you need to do to the pack out or the drag or whatever it is. And, um, when at the end of that day, and we'll talk more about that day, but, um, I got back to the uh, cabin. I'm like, where's, where's my bino harness? And sure enough, I left it way up on the hill. It spent the night up on the hill. We had to hike all the way back up there the next day to go get it. So, um, even if you're hunting in a group, you know, make sure that you're accounting for your own gear, you know, for sure. Um, so right on Carter with that one. Um, you know, my tip is just to prepare yourself physically and, uh, and psychologically for what's to come after you do get an animal on the ground. Um, uh, it, it can be tough and it, it, it's going to be testing and grueling at times, depending on the type of hunt you're on uh, for sure. So if you're way, way back in the woods or uh, in a position where you actually have to pack out an animal, you need to be ready for that. Um, and uh, the reality is, is uh, 
you know, you, you don't really know until you actually do it, what that really takes. And, um, and it can be, can be, uh, testing, you know, psychologically, you know, I've seen guys, you know, it's, it's hard when you're carrying an 80, 90 pound pack on your back and, uh, you're going up and down the hills and, you know, you're, you're damn near out of water and, uh, and it's testing, but at the end of the day, there's no better feeling once that truck, uh, and that beer cooler gets in sight, you're like, we're almost home. We're almost there. Uh, so, uh, so it's prepare yourself. You know, I think that's a big thing, you know, that one of the, one of the main things for a hunt, lift and eat, you know, we're preparing ourselves year round for, uh, that opportunity to get something big on the ground or, or, and, uh, and so just prepare yourself physically and psycho psychologically to, uh, to, um, for what's to come. And, uh, yeah, that's my tip. Yeah. I really like, uh, I really like that. It's easy to overestimate or underestimate how easy or prepared you are. Um, especially when you're on the mountain. Um, and that can definitely come back and bite you, man. But I guess Caleb's like you were talking about Scotty, Caleb's, uh, preparing. He was, he was out here getting 455 on squat today, which is what I'm freaking talking about. It was a it was a grind session today. That's four fifty five at sub one sixty five body weight. So I'm getting there. I'm gonna pull uh, four ninety five next week on that barback or that bareback squat. So we'll see how it goes. That's an unreal number for your body weight. That's <laughs> I'm super jealous. That's awesome. I'm tired of relying on other people to help me pack shit out. Right, which is a great <laughs> motivator, right? I'm sure both you and Scott have packed animals out of some real hell holes before. That's actually part of the fun too, right? You find one of those bulls or you find a buck in the middle of nowhere and all right, well, if I kill it, this is going to suck, but heck yeah, let's do it. Full send. Yeah. I can't really understand people who like refuse to pull the trigger because of where an animal's in. And maybe I'm not experienced enough yet. Maybe I need to get smoked by a couple elk pack outs first, but I mean, if you see it, the opportunity's there. My mindset, I'm going to figure out how the hell to get it out of there. I'm the exact same way. I'm the worst guy to hunt with, to be honest with you. Every one of my friends say that too. I'm the one that'll like look nine miles away from where we're actually at. And I will find an elk nine miles in the middle of nowhere. And that's the only elk I'll find. And that's where we go. <laughs> Every and time you're like, yeah, we can, we can get over there. No problem. Yeah. We'll kill that in a week. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Might take a week to pack out, but you'll get it out. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'd like to hear about some of y'all's uh, roughest pack outs. Um, to kind of get me psyched for this fall and jumping into more Western hunts. Maybe when we, we uh, unpack this topic a little more on the, on the full podcast, um, I would really like to hear that. Get your mindset right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I like that. That forward thinking, preparedness, getting ready for it. Scott, you touched on that pretty well. And I think that's uh, that kind of rolls right into where I'm at with it. You know, that, that forward thinking when it comes into what we're doing every day when we're out there hunting, it pays off in the long run. Having a little bit of a plan paying attention to the gear that you're putting out, paying attention to where everything's getting set. Even if you're where you're harvesting, if you can, I mean, obviously if you're lucky, you can harvest where you want to, but it doesn't always work out that way. And that's where for me, I try to prepare as best I can when it comes to the temperature and the time frame. Um, I get so hooked up after I kill an animal that I, I kind of get rushed. You know, I get there, do the yard sale and next thing you know, 30 minutes and I'm knuckle deep in blood. You got a little bit of time, take your time. Spend the time to take care of that animal right and salvage as much meat as you can. And, and I know that temperature is a, a huge thing. A lot of people worry about that. But honestly, once you get a quarter off, that thing's going to cool so quickly. 
you get it in the shade, you pay a little bit of attention to where you're at, and you spend the time up front in that forward thinking, and you're going to have a plenty of time, and you're not going to have to worry about temperature at all. Uh, I've killed elk in 90 degree weather, and I've kept the meat out there all day long and pack it out and go right back and lose less than, you know, half a pound of spoil. It's all about just being prepared for it, paying attention to what you're doing. Because that's what everybody talks about, right? That's what everybody's all psyched up about is you got to get the back hams off, right? You got to get the ball joint away from the body. Um, and you're saying it's not as pressing as most people seem it's, to believe. It, it's definitely pressing. Don't get me wrong there, because there's definitely the majority of the body heat stored in those areas. But take your time to do it right. Don't leave five pounds of ham hock meat, right? Don't don't get so rushed that you got to pop it off and, and get it out of there. Take time to do everything right and get as much meat off that animal as you can. I see a lot of guys that will leave half a ham steak on there because they're so worried about popping a hip joint out in the first 20 minutes the elk's down. It, as long as you're in a good area and you're prepped, you got a little bit of time. Work with it. Don't take 10 hours to cut up an elk if you can. You know, try to do it over an hour, two hours. Time yourself a little bit, especially getting prepared for that pack out. If you spend an hour trying to cut up an elk by yourself, you are going to be wiped trying to get anything off the mountain. You're really? 75 to 120 pounds on a high ham. And next thing you know, you're trying to do all that work by yourself, tying the elk up, tying legs up, maneuvering everything around. And it's just, it's dead weight. You're going to be so wiped trying to go into that pack out. Even the process of breaking it down is exhausting for one person. Oh, it's absolutely miserable. That sound about right, Scott? No, that sounds exactly right. Um, that's definitely been my experience, you know, and, um, you know, it always helps if, you know, you, you, you lean on each other, you know, it, it go it, it, you know, it's so, it's so much help just having one person just hold a hindquarter open for you, you know, but to, to, for access, you know, while you're gutting, but to do it by yourself is just, um, it's, it is monument. It's a monumental task. I mean, it's such a large animal if you're talking about an elk. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and it is taxing for sure. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a huge animal. And, um, and, and, and yeah, that was one of my tips too, is to just take your time. You know, it's so easy to just get into a rush and, and feel like you need to get everything done right now. Uh, the reality is, is you have, well, depending on the time of day, of course, you know, you have a lot of time to figure it out and, uh, to put, put a good plan together on how you're going to get them out. Um, and, uh, and a lot of that's based on the type of hunt you're doing. You know, if you're, you're hiking in, um, you know, one of the, <laughs> just last year, um, uh, I did probably the, the hardest drag I've ever done in my entire life. And, uh, we were on my grandfather's ranch and I mean, he had a, he had a, side by side down the hill, but there was no roads near us. And, uh, you know, we could have just quartered them out and packed them out like, like we would have if we were in the back country. But, um, for some reason we were like, Oh, we can get them down. Well, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a drag I'd never forget. Um, it's like dragging a horse down a mountain. Um, it was, it was unbelievable and we were just taxed and, um, and that hunt started at first light in the morning and, you know, we weren't done until 4 p.m. that day. So uh, it was one of the longest days of my life, but it was uh, one of the best days of my life, too. So uh, uh, absolutely. So you have time. Time is on your hands. And um, and especially when you're gutting and, you know, if you got more than one person there, there's a lot of knives that everybody wants to get in there and get going. But, you know, it's important to, you know, keep your distance from each other, take turns because uh, you can't you can tax yourself out pretty quickly. And uh and, uh, you know, and it's part of the experience, you know, um, 
you don't want to rush through something you've worked so hard for, uh, something you've anticipated all year. And uh, so take your time and kind of relish that moment. Take lots of pictures, you know, um, take your time and uh, and uh, you'll have memories that'll last forever for sure. Yeah, I really like that. It can be one of the most fun times once all the pressure's off. And, and if you're lucky enough to be in camp with folks, everybody's in there working together, trying to break down whoever's animal it is. It's always awesome, right? Just to share in that success. And that's always an absolute blast. So that's, that's a really good perspective. Take your time, enjoy it. Um, I'm sure we've all broken down animals in some fantastic situations and some hellish situations. I've done it in crazy Wyoming wind, you know, like little mini blizzard and, you know, looking back on it, it was the best. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything, even though it was absolutely miserable at the time. But yeah, that's a really good perspective. I like that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the best, you know, and, and again, it's what we, it's what we anticipate all year. And, um, and, and to be able to do it as a group or even solo, um, you know, it's, it's why we work so hard, you know, it's what, it's what we're so focused on year round. It's why we're putting in for draws and why we're, um, you know, liking pictures on Instagram of bulls that we've never seen before, you know? So it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's what we do. It's what we love. And, um, and it's what really gets, uh, you know, get your, get your blood pumping, you know, for sure. So, um, and then at the end of the day, if you, you know, after, if you do pack it out, um, you know, it, it is quite the accomplishment, you know, it really is. And, um, it's something you can really be proud of when it's all said and done. And for most people who haven't done, um, you know, a really long hike or maybe been in the military, done a, uh, you know, a battalion March or 20 mile hike or whatever, you know, some people haven't experienced pain like that, you know, and, uh, and certainly packing out an elk between a, you know, honestly, between four grown men is a, is a very tough task to do, you know? And, um, uh, if you have a smaller party than that, you're going to be making multiple trips. So, uh, it's, it's, it's something you can really kind of pat yourself on the back when it's all said and done. I absolutely love the route that this is going because I mean, when you talk about tips and tricks, we all get so caught up in the harvest. We get caught up in the pack out. We get caught up in sitting down and cooking this animal that we just killed. And we never sit back just to take the time and realize what we just accomplished. And that at the end of the day is the most important part of it, right? Cherishing that animal, cherishing the adventure, everything that accumulated to this moment, just taking that time. The, uh, it's kind of incredible when you stop and think about it, the amount of effort that goes into it, all for it to work out right, and just come down to that one moment. Taking that time and relishing it and really living it is absolutely important. The only time that I will tell you that I don't take any time on an animal <laughs> is antelope season. Holy cow. You shoot an antelope in 95 degree weather, do everything you can to get that sucker on ice in like 45 minutes. Otherwise you're going to be eating uh, sun dried beef jerky for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and does that affect the taste? Cause that's what I've always heard. Every one of them that I've ever harvested in that time frame, when I don't get it on ice under like 45 minutes, it tastes like, just prairie dirt, just like dirt. <laughs> yeah. The one I killed, it tasted a little barnyardy and, uh, I had a very amateur pack out where I shot it. And I have a feeling that that could be why we weren't quick enough getting the hide off and getting it broken down. Um, 
because you know during antelope season it, it's it's warm it was warm it was scott i don't know about you but typically what i do on an antelope and seeing as antelope season is the first thing that we're going to be hitting up here in colorado and wyoming soon uh typically i'll spill the guts i don't gut anything normally but on an antelope i'll spill the guts crack the pelvis bone throw it over my shoulders and haul ass to the truck and i've usually got 40 or 50 pounds of ice in the truck i immediately pack the cavity with ice and then I start caping it. And then I start pulling everything apart and getting everything off. But just try to get it cooled down as quick as I can. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, personally, I've not shot an antelope before, but I've been on a couple antelope hunts uh, myself. And, um, you know, luckily our situation was favorable where, you know, they're, they're so lightweight, pretty much, you know, you can just toss them in the truck and get them back to the, back to the barn, get them hung pretty quickly. Uh, and the hunts that I was on, um, was in Colorado. Um, although those antelope hunts are earlier in the season, right? So the weather's a little bit more mild. Um, but still the evenings are getting cold enough where it gets a little bit of a chill on it. And I think it'd be okay. Um, but for me personally here in California, you know, um, I do some hunting out in Colorado, but then, um, some of the deer hunting, the blacktail hunting out here in California, it was so new to me, um, when I first really started getting into it because it's, it's, it's 102 degrees, you know, and you shoot a buck <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're not hard to get out. They're easy to drag and everything. But then when you hang them up, you know, I'm, I'm freaking out about, man, how long is this meat really going to last for out here? You know, we're camping. It's a, you know, Friday, Saturday night, you know, and you're just worried about a couple of days and you got yellow jackets flying all around and it's just not ideal, um, for meat out here in California, you got to get them back, got to get them in a, in a, in the cooler, in the fridge. Um, but it's also super beneficial to get them, you know, get some air flowing through, blow them through them and get them to dry out a little bit. Um, but, uh, definitely the, your locality where you're, where you're hunting, how you're hunting, um, what time of year it all plays, has an impact on how that meat cures, you know, and, and how you, uh, how you move forward from there. So, um, yeah. So consider yourself lucky if you're, if you're hunting and it's cold and, and you can, you know, let that meat hang as long as possible, let it chill out. Um, because in, in certain areas, uh, you know, we don't have that, that, uh, that opportunity all the time for sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's really great. Um, definitely would love to, uh, flesh that out a little more with you guys, especially I know Derek and I are both looking at you guys like a wealth of knowledge from a Western hunting perspective. So we're going to be picking your brains for sure. Um, Derek, what are you thinking as a fellow East coaster here for your tip this week? So for my tip, um, something that a lot of people don't think about is using those tarsal glands as a, uh, a cover scent. Um, when you're cutting those off, you're going to want to use a, uh, a glove unless you uh, want to end up like Carter and throwing in a fat lipper after that. And then just having that taste in your mouth for the next four months. Um, and really Dude, absolute worst experience of my life. It was terrible. And, and it's twofold. Cause you don't want to get your scent all over that gland too. So start just above it, start skinning that, cut it off, um, throw the, throw the gland into a bag. And then as you're walking out, throw it in a tree close to your stand. And then, uh, you can use that as a, a quick and easy, uh, cover scent. I think that's a great tip. I, you know, I've never even thought about keeping those glands. Um, 
it seems like we're we're always kind of taught the first thing you do is cut those off and toss them as far far away from us as you can get them. But uh, keeping a little Ziploc baggie in the bag uh, and throwing them in there could be something pretty valuable, you know, if you're sitting in a stand. Or I imagine you could probably freeze them too and save them, you know, and, yeah. and maybe kind of maybe even reuse them, you know. So I think that's a great tip. I've heard of dudes put them in like a little spray bottle with some water and then like using that as like spraying that all over themselves as their, as their cover scent. I've never done that. I just normally just hang them up in a fucking tree. Um, but yeah. My granddad actually did that and it appalled me to the point where I was like, yeah, I love you dad or granddad, but no, I just, no, not happening. <laughs> Didn't feel right. No, yeah. wasn't right. I learned it from uh, my great grandfather. So Oh, something with that generation, I guess, maybe they just didn't give a <laughs> shit. That's a lost generation though. They go yeah, kill a true. giant bull elk in flannels and blue jeans every day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Tuesday tips brought to you by the hunt lefty podcast. And we'll see you next time. Appreciate the hell out of you guys. Talk to you later.